everybody and welcome to What Would The Smart Party Do? We're back again, not just me. How are you doing, Baz? We're doing awesomely, my friend. We're doing super good. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. We're about getting geared up for UK Games Expo, which we'll get onto in a bit. But you've had something exciting through your letterbox, haven't you? And that's not euphemism. <laughs> no, and it wasn't you giving it me either. I had a, a missive from the north. Uh, uh, well, I've had a few exciting things through Letterbox. You could be alluding to a bunch of different stuff. It's one of those sort of times where if you get on Twitter, and you can find us on Twitter, we're always on Twitter, there's loads of photos going around of cool stuff that people get. It's like the new thing, isn't it? Instead of rate my plate, it's like uh, rate my Amazon packet or uh, <laughs> watch as I open this brown cardboard box. Or lots of people post going, but I haven't got it yet, and you got it like two hours ago. When's mine coming? Where's that damn postman? <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that. So good stuff that's come through the letterbox recently include the latest issue of the Grogzine uh, mm. from the Grognard Files from our good friends Dirk Blythe et al. They've delivered another corker. So oh, with such production values. Such production values, I tell you. They've done things with paper and stickers that I didn't think were possible outside of an origami camp. <laughs> There's been some tea staining, I would say. Yeah, they've probably got a little sweatshop in a shed of uh, some kids from Bolton or something that they're making produce these things yeah. for 10 pence an hour. Yeah, it's super cool. So yeah, brilliant to see that come through. So that that reminded me of the days when you used to get like your copy of uh, Imagine or White Dwarf come through on subscription through your letterbox. So, like, oh, here's a dose of hobby. And, and, and a whole bunch of middle-aged men ran off to get a hobnob and a cup of tea and an hour to themselves on the Saturday. <laughs> I bet they were about as successful at that as I was, which is, it ain't happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other stuff that's come through the letterbox is I've, <laughs> I finally got... Um, you said it would never happen. I got my my first proof copy of my role-playing game, King of Dungeons. It has arrived from the good people at the print-on-demand place uh, where I organised some stuff through them. And oh, mate, I've got to tell you, I, I don't mind saying it was an absolute thrill to sort of peel back the cover on that and see like a book of what I wrote. And it's got my name on the front and some pictures that I put there and words lined up in, in a specific order to make people feel good. Oh, it's marvellous. Um, Exciting times. Yeah, much smaller than I thought it would be, but that's not the first time I've heard that either. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's been lots of foreplay at least, Barry. There has. Talked yeah. about it for quite some time. So it's good to see that, that game further down towards release. Yeah. Yeah, Not yeah. quite there yet, but yeah, we're, we're definitely on our way, aren't we? So that's very exciting. That's well, yeah, people are asking if they can buy it, and I mean, I wish I could sell it to you. It's not quite ready yet, and, and it's not like I need to write any more stuff. It's just a question of printing, and I've had some really amazing discussions with the community who've helped me out with a couple of things, and it does seem to be a thing that happens is writing these things is hard enough, but actually, when you get to the nitty-gritty of trying to get, like, you know, red-looking red and things lined up next to each other and not falling off pages and glue working that can take as long as writing the thing so we're on i think realistically we're on for a summer release of this bad boy um current thinking is that um i'll do a kickstarter to get it looking really saucy and and put all of the good bits into things that people like like ribbons and hardback and color art and gm screens and all, all the googads um, but given that the game is complete and laid out and looking sexy as is, I think I'm going to make it pretty much an instant backer reward that if you sign up for all that good stuff, you get a game immediately the Kickstarter's over. So, you know, use it for that kind of pre-order thing. Um, that yeah. So many of our guests say is, is the way to go forward because I don't want to keep it away from people for too long, but equally I don't just want to sort of stick it on my website and watch three people not buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that all makes sense, Baz. Hmm. That's pretty good. Cool. What's been well, coming through your ears or your letter? Well, I don't ask about your letterbox because it's anything could come <laughs> through there. It's nothing but political letters at the minute due to the elections that are due. I don't know how these people have got my address. I specifically <laughs> hide it from them, but somehow this time they have cursed their eyes. And don't no, they know I've, you've got Warhammer games to prepare and things you're trying to do? Yeah, I'm doing skill work and stuff as well. I haven't got time for this nonsense. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm casting my eyes about for new stuff that's coming. Actually, right. so I'm quite excited that um, the Free League, another Free League, are producing an Aliens RPG okay. based on the Alien Aliens franchise. So that could be very interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's got 
or it's going to have two modes of play. One which is uh, more akin to that you're all going to die, and one is more akin to uh, this is a campaign play game. We explore the kind of world with Will and Utani and all these other corporations and going on. Right. So I am interested to see what comes of that. And of course, because it's one of their things, it looks absolutely beautiful. But mm. we'll have to wait till we get to Expo to see a little bit more about that. I think. Yeah, so that that's on everybody's hit list. I think is to check that one out, isn't it? That's a cool license to get. You know, when the conversation goes round, as it often does, like, oh, what games haven't been made yet? I never really see Alien or the Aliens universe get mentioned. But as soon as someone does mention, you think that's a blooming good idea. Why hasn't that been done before? <laughs> well, it has been done before, hasn't it? Do you remember the uh, Leading has, Edge did it a long time back, and it was not good at all, was it? But Free League and will will we'll only do good stuff. So I'm not worried about that. You would hope so. And then it's kind of the we're still in this kind of cycle of reissues and second editions. I've seen that the One Rings getting another edition yeah, out soon. Yeah, it's back, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they've That'll kind of advanced well. the clock a little bit, but the system's more or less the same from what I can tell so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a great line, so it's good to see that it's still alive and kicking. It's looking like a new edition to get new people in and, and make sure everybody still realizes that it's there and played. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did you see uh, today that Blue Planet is coming back for another go? Yes, third edition. Wow. Uh, it sounds like they've got some extra bits and pieces in it to do with relationships and factions and things, which possibly needed. I've not sent you the detail, so that, that'll be the proof of is in the pudding. The proof of the pudding is in the tasting. There we go. Got that in the end. Uh, so we'll see. But um, yeah, I've still got all my old Blue Planet stuff. Mm. So it'll depend for me on what new things they're bringing out or what content there is as to whether I, I invest. But um, yeah, interesting. And then I think within a week of uh, Over the Edge, the, the new Kickstarter edition that should be out imminently so I'm very excited to see what that's all about yeah because that's one of those games because of Kickstarter and when we spoke to Jonathan Tweet about it I assumed it had been out for ages and they sneak up on you don't they and then you, they hopefully that will get a real burst of enthusiasm uh, like with stuff like Unknown Armies as well but I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see what over the edge happens uh, when people get some actual play going and look at those new mechanics and and you know, I'm super tempted by the cool little dice they've got that look like pluses and minuses. And yeah, Over the Edge might come back into my life with a vengeance. Actually, it had gone off the boil a bit because it had been a bit quiet. But they've been busy making the game, haven't they? No unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks very pretty. So I'm, uh, mm. I'm definitely going to have a look at that. Yeah. So various other bits and pieces are about. I'm trying to keep my powder a little bit dry because, as I've alluded to several times so far, and we might as well get into it now. Pretty soon it's UK Games Expo and I'll want something on my shopping list to buy and to go mm-hmm. and investigate when I'm there. So I don't want to do too much uh, preamble and certainly purchasing before I get there because I want to get rid of all that money burning a hole in my pocket. And yeah. I don't just mean on the £6 a pint bar at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, let's do this then, mate. So let's make this episode um, nominally about UK Games Expo because it's that time of year again. We did one last year. If you want to scroll back, I don't know, uh, 20 episodes or wherever it was to the last time we talked about UK Games Expo. This is very much a fixture in the gaming calendar. It's, I think, very much a fixture worldwide now. Um, I've been looking mm. through some of the stuff they've got on their website today and they, they, with pride, talk about how big their event is. And I think the stat that I read was it's like 35 times bigger than it was 12 years ago, which is yeah. oddly specific, but I like that in gaming. So Yeah, well, it's definitely it got again. to the size now where it's measured in tens of thousands, which I think that's an event, isn't it? No yeah. matter what hobby you're into or whatever. Like, If there are tens of thousands of people coming for it, then it's a thing, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is being held in Birmingham, which is smack bang in the middle of the UK for our international listeners. And it is at the National Exhibition Centre, uh, which I used to go to when I worked for Games Workshop, and there was Games Days yeah. and things there now. And but it's the sort of place where you know um, Top Gear do their big events, and where Beyonce will do gigs, and it's a it's a big old venue, isn't it? And um, yeah, it's it's filled up quite a lot of their their space, and it's spread over a few venues as well because they've got so much going on. Yeah, it only seems like two or three years ago. It might be a little bit longer, but it used to be at the Metropole Hotel, mm. which is very close by, um, and that was the whole thing. And then uh, I think for one of the network tournaments I went to, they ended up with a marquee outside of the card games and the things like that because they couldn't fit anything in the hotel. Yeah. And a couple of short years later, and they've got two of the massive halls in the NEC, plus everything in the hotel, plus some extra rooms, other bits and pieces going on, mm. and an entire Viking village that sits in the middle by the lake. 
uh, and getting accommodation and stuff can be a little bit tricky now just because it's so popular but yeah it's, it's gone huge it's not quite um, Spiel Essen style standards uh, which is like 60,000 people something like that I think but it's definitely on its way there and yeah. certainly from a UK point of view it's the biggest gaming event on the calendar I would say yeah yeah easily yeah uh, by any metric whether that's football or amount of games on or physical size it's it's the big one um, so it's our Gen Con, really, isn't it? I think. Uh, yeah, it is really. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, I'm going this year, so that's good news for for me. <laughs> <laughs> and your wife, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, less good news for everybody else, but yeah, I'm going, and we've got a couple of the the original Smart Party from way back in the day coming up from the south, and uh, and you're coming from the other direction. We've got like a pincer movement going on with this, haven't we? And you're bringing some of the northern contingent. And we're going to meet yeah. in the middle and have a sound clash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Uh, and one of the key features we should mention, we'll go, we'll go through probably all the features there are, but one yeah. of the key ones is the seminar schedule. And uh, everyone should rush at midday on Saturday over to the Cartamundi suite uh, in the NEC because uh, my good, myself, Baz, and also friends from the Grogno Files and the good friends of Jackson Elias podcast, we're all teaming up to bring you, I don't know, must be a hundred years worth of gaming at least between the four of us to give you a, a, a seminar on how to GM at conventions. So bring your friends, pad the room out, standing room only I expect, that's if people can find it. But um, it, it, it'll be good, it's good to do a proper cinema. We've done like a couple at Dragon Meat and some other places haven't we? So yeah. I'm quite excited that we're doing one now, like a, the, the big proper main event if you will. Yeah definitely, I mean, it's always good time basically having a good old banter with uh with Dirk and with Scott and Paul and, and and those guys from those other podcasts but also it's really really good to talk to real gamers and you know if, if please come along be part of the audience we want to hear from you want you to be part of this as well um what else are you doing at 12 o'clock on a Saturday really you know you're probably only shrugging off the Friday night hangover by then we've got some good war stories from our time at conventions we're not going to certainly not going to be preachy or anything else like that but we've got some tips and tricks uh, for how to, to take that step up to running games at conventions or if it's something you already do and you want to pick up some other stuff from you know super experienced convention GMs like Paul Fricker uh, like my my good friend Gaz uh, mm. come and hear that stuff you know we don't pretend to know it all but we want to start that conversation and it would just be great to see some faces as well so you know um, don't be a stranger just just come along Bring some people. Heckle, if you like. We love that kind of stuff. We've had all kinds of stuff thrown at us in the past. <laughs> yeah. No milkshakes, though. That's not our political affiliation. <laughs> that won't be necessary. <laughs> Bacon sandwiches, that works for me. Bring yeah, them on you down. You can buy us a pint. That's all right as well. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it in the glass. <laughs> so, yeah, and it doesn't have to be. If you, There will be some time for the questions at the seminar, but even if you can't make it or you don't want to speak in front of a big crowd when you are there or something like that, just come and find us. We'll be wandering, roving around the halls all weekend. So don't be a stranger. Do feel free to come up and just say hello. And if you've got any questions you want to ask or anything you want to just say or statements about gaming in general or just want a bit of a chat, feel free to stop me and or Baz or any mm. other hangers on and just have a bit of a chat. Because I think... That's one of the good things about Expo as well, isn't it? It feels like it's a get-together of geeks and gamers. Yeah. Uh, much much more than, I don't know, perhaps some of the one-day cons feel a bit rushed and you've not really got time. But with this, it feels like a weekend away from everything else. And it's all about, you know, engaging in our geeky hobby. And you're full of, or the place is full of, rather, like, like-minded people. So you can be proper geeking out. You can cosplay up and do whatever else you want. And there's no judgment or... Anything like that, it's you know everybody's in it together, so that's that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my personal plan is I'm not playing or running many games at Expo at all, just due to the experience in the past of like, oh, I love running games, I love playing games, and you know we'll talk about some of the stuff that you'll be able to do at Expo. Uh, but I always end up feeling like I, I haven't spent enough time catching up with old friends and making new ones. So I've kind of I'm going to be a bit strict on myself this year and uh, and not just sit down behind a screen for four hours looking at four people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to make sure that I that catch up with as many folk as I can, even if it's only for those sort of ten seconds when you're passing in the in the trade hall um, and going, oh, how's it going, man? Yeah, it's going really good. Yeah, we must meet up. See you later. And definitely on the Friday and Saturday nights, I intend to make the most of my seventy-two hour pass and <laughs> enjoy a couple of large ones. 
and catch up and make some new war stories about conventions. So yeah, come come and have a pint with us. Yeah, I'll buy. Come and get a drink <laughs> off me. <laughs> I'll just put it Woo-hoo. on the Kickstarter bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rare event, listeners. Grab it while you can. Although actually, oh god, I've forgotten how much beer costs at Expo. That's the only <laughs> yeah. downside, isn't it? <laughs> Bring your plastic. Wow. <laughs> you don't want to carry around that amount of cash. Pay for it on card. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good fun. So yes, we've, we've mentioned, we've sort of alluded to you there, we do that kind of joke we always do about leaving the family behind and stuff. I think it's probably worth mentioning that this time at Expo, they've really gone full bore with the family zone stuff. There's always yeah. been a little family zone there where you can go. Uh, but this time there's kind of a, a face painting section to it as well that you can do. Mm-hmm. There's a specific children's role playing section as well to go to. Um, and there's like a reading zone if you just want to sit down and have a, have a little bit of a read. So there's actually about uh, half a dozen little things that are catering towards families or kids in general. And I think that's that's really good to see, certainly for an event of this size. It makes it more accessible for people who maybe can't do anything else with their kids but bring mm. them along. And maybe they want to, but you know, I'm aware that people with families can sometimes be constrained about what they can and can't do. And if there's not enough for your family to do while you're there, that sort of rules out the event for you. But it's great to see Expo really putting the effort into providing lots and lots of stuff for all age ranges. No, you're right, mate. And and actually, nice as it is to get you know get away for a bit of a catch up with mates and stuff, I always feel a little bit guilty because I come back and I say to my whole family, right, we're all going next year because it is genuinely, you could spend your whole weekend just in that family zone and have a really good time. Um, and I just haven't bitten the bullet on that. It's a bit like, you know, when you see people who go to Glastonbury and they spend all day in the healing field and you think, what are you joking? <laughs> there was bands on. Like, yeah, I know, but, you know, that little community. So the family area is its own thing. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there's more there to do than you can fit time in. Um, and for to see them expand it as well into reading, uh, stuff like the Warhammer Adventures novels that are out now, and all the other bits and pieces I've gotten there, I'm starting to think I'm going to come back with a massive guilt trip and start making plans for next year. <laughs> Bring the tribe. <laughs> so don't yeah. anyone tell the missus that this thing exists. She doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I think that's it. There's, there's different ways to do it, Expo, right? I'm pretty sure that some people just go to the bar and never leave that. But um, some some people like wall to wall games and just book themselves out for the whole yeah. thing and barely sleep. Some people run games constantly and never do anything else. Some mm. people just troll the, the 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 bring and buy and the trade holes and all the little bizarre type holes in hall two. They've got like little small stalls all packed away like a a Tunisian bazaar or something, as well as yeah. the big main things. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. I think we're pretty much we like to do a bit of everything, don't we? We're a bit yeah. like when we go to Glastonbury, <laughs> not that we do anymore, <laughs> but we used to like have a wander around and try all kinds of different stuff, didn't we? I yeah. mean, that's which is still a perfectly valid way of doing it. You can mix and match, I think that's the good thing about it. Yeah, have you, um, have you noticed? I mean, one of the, the things that Expo can do, which other cons probably can't even attempt, but they put great store in their live entertainment, mm. and uh, and they, they have some you know, some real big ticket things happening, uh, like Nightmare Live based on the old TV show from way back in the day where somebody thought that D&D involved putting on a helmet so you couldn't see. Bit of an odd one. Uh, <laughs> very peculiar. A live stage adaptation of that, of the, the cult show. Um, and that's just one of the things they've got going on. Um, this isn't just like, you know, your seminar or your panel. This is like a, a, a kind of a real big ticket event, isn't it? And they've got loads yeah. of it and there's stuff on all the time. And you can just go from one to the other. So it's like, you know, the Gaming Vegas there are, there's actual shows to sit down and watch. Are you, are you booked in for any guys? Do any catch your eye from the ones that are on offer? You see, the nightmare thing is always one I feel for nostalgia purposes I should do, but it's been <laughs> going on for a few years now and I've never made it to one because I'm always doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. I've, you're just I've nervous you're going to get of, picked. <laughs> <laughs> I've booked into a couple of role-playing games, uh, but that's it for now. I'm aware that the Games on Demand is running again this time, yeah. so that's when we can get a ticket for a couple of hours slot at a time if you don't fancy spending the full four hours sitting down for a role-playing game you can kind of jump in with those those guys oh, and uh, Lloyd's taking care of that isn't he so that would be top draw yeah Lloyd Gans a, a force to be reckoned with as far as enthusiasm go I think he even terrified the Americans when he went over to Gen Con with his enthusiasm <laughs> so you know hats off to him and uh, I think he's running some like net running cyberpunk type stuff so oh, cool. we'll be trying, trying to corner him when he's running that but it's a, it's a catch me if you can situation 
Um, but yeah, that, I mean, I, I try not to book too much in myself because we kind of got to do the roving report a bit as well. Haven't we? we need to get around yeah. and speak to lots of people, and even if it's not stores to buy stuff, there's lots of designers and artists and all that kind of stuff are just hanging out on stalls and mm-hmm. they're helping out with sales or whatever. But you can sort of see Ian Livingstone or people like that just like sat behind a little table on his fold-out chair and you can chat to him about Death Trap Dungeon or something. And yes. these are just like these are all things you can do just wandering around the hall without even planning it. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that's that's kind of like the fringe, isn't it? You've got all of your stuff on the big menu that you can book in advance, and for some of these things, in fairness, you probably should have booked in advance as well uh, because <laughs> they'll be quite hard to get into. Uh, but I mean, if you wanted to, you could go to the publisher designer track. Uh, it's big enough to be a track, where there is something on every single hour through Friday, Saturday, and beyond. Um, and there's a massive menu of stuff. And if you can't find something interesting on there, you'd be mad. I mean. It, even if it's just like the logistics of getting my stuff out of Kickstarter and into people's hands, because if you don't know how that works, you know what a great time to find out how that does work. Uh, to other things like you know how to do your prototype for your card game, um, it's just all there. But equally, as you say, guys, if you go if you go slightly fringy on this, you will have no trouble whatsoever walking up and speaking to people who have actually do this for a living uh, or mm. just do it for a, for an insane hobby. You know, if you want to go and speak to a small press publisher, they will be there. If you want to go and speak to Phil and Paul, um, who do all rolled up, they will be there. And, and you know, all of these guys will be more than willing to talk to you, ask your opinion, find out what's going on, show you their new stuff. Um, and it's not even in a sales pitchy kind of way. It's just in an enthusiastic, let me share my stuff with you kind of way. Um, and that's the best bit for me. You know, shaking hands with people, having a cup of coffee, having a pint if it's later in the day, and just seeing like what's going on in your world because this is where everybody comes together, and then we all disappear off into the into the netherworld for another year, don't we? And and try it all out, and then come back and say what happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that our, our good friend of the show, Ian McAllister from uh, the Brainwaves podcast on the Giant Brain, he's uh, he's big into his board games as you would expect because that's what his podcast's all about. So he's already like mapped out, you know, by fifteen minute slots where he's going to be and what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, but he's got a game of design, and, and he had one last year as well. And he, he just went around asking people, and showing it to them, and getting a bit of advice, exactly as you say. He just went and saw the guy on, like, you know, wartime games, or Ferris games, mm. or whatever, and just went, "This is the thing I'm doing," and got a fifteen minute slot to show him it, and they gave him some good feedback. But as well as that, there's a playtest zone you can utilize as well. Where you can actually like stress test these in front of real people. Mm. Uh, or get other designers who are making their own thing to help out as well. So, as well as the the booky in stuff, there's also that kind of, as you say, freelance. Just go and find people and try something out. And I think that's yeah. it's a good way to. I mean, I don't want to say network, even if you don't have your own game to publish. It's sometimes interesting just to go and have a noodle with things with people and find out what's going on and and why they're making the things they are doing and how they went about it and just to get some insight behind the scenes. It's like the DVD extras of role playing. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm looking forward to meeting him because we're not allowed in the same room normally because he he, right. he he covers my absences. <laughs> so <laughs> once a year I get to meet the real Ian and he gets to meet me. We've never been on the same recording together. That that's not allowed to happen. <laughs> that's true. We might have to see if we can make that happen this this weekend. Oh, that'd just be weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's good to catch up with him and lots of other people that are there as well. I mean, it's interesting to note this time that Games Workshop are back. They've got their, you know, the big main stage right in front of the entrance. So yep. there was a time when Games Workshop wouldn't come to this sort of event or they had a, a funny thing about they had their own games day and wouldn't go to the people's shows a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And now it's good to see that they're just back and uh, a boulder's brass right in the front. I'm pretty sure last year they did um, they just did model painting. Like, they just had bank after bank of people you could go and paint your space marine or your space goblin mm-hmm. or whatever it was and I just had tons of people going up and painting a thing and looking really pleased with themselves afterwards mm. as you would well wouldn't you yeah. so that's good to see um, yeah, it is and, and yeah. on the flip of that as well it's GW who've been a little bit convention shy or community shy who have come back out to speak to everybody and, and done a really good job just generally over the last couple of years with that kind of stuff uh, Wizards of the Coast have decided to do similar uh, and their community program is up and running in earnest and uh, this UK Games Expo sees the return of the D&D Open which hasn't mm. been outside of the USA I think for 20 years or something silly like that since Peter Atkinson was doing Gen Con back in Loughborough and Manchester and places like that 
So, you know, Wizard of the Coast to put their official weight behind some stuff, any stuff outside of their own um, kind of gated community that they, that, they, that they tend to, that's kind of a big deal. Um, and between them and Paizo and everybody else, Expo is now big enough that you can't afford to not be there, whether you're a publisher or a gamer. So, you know, that, that's, that's an amazing feat in itself. And I'm, I'm kind of glad to see them on board because if you're not representing D&D at a convention... Are you representing role playing? But that's another seminar topic. <laughs> and of course, like Paizo are there as well, you know. Yeah. And I think most of the big players are in, well, big to small. I'm just uh, casting my eye over the uh, the PDF of the layout now. You can see that the Modiphius stand, mm-hmm. which was not too long ago one of the little booths, is now pretty big. It looks yeah. as big, if not bigger, than the Paizo stand. So it's good to see them going from strength to strength. There's not going to be any shortage of place for me to spend this little money that I have, is there? So no. you, you've already spoken a bit about your shopping list. Um, I'm going to end up buying some stuff, aren't I? I just am. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's it going to be? <laughs> what am I going to buy and, and promise to play this year and then we speak next year and I realise I've not taken it off the shelf? <laughs> oh. I don't know. Let's hope for more patrons in the meantime so that I'm to buy a few more things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and give you some choice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean that is one good thing you can do. Actually, is apart from the hot new stuff, because uh, there's so many exhibitors and traders, it's sometimes worth having a bit of a route around and mm. see what you can get a deal on. Certainly, if it's something a little bit older. Yeah. Um, and I know that Angus Branson and crew normally turn up with a lot of board game stock and other things that they're just trying to get rid of cheap. Yeah. And normally by the end of Saturday or beginning of Sunday, their stall's empty. It becomes free space because they've sold yeah. everything. But yeah. they just turn up with a van full of kit with a mission to sell it off as quickly as possible. So it's uh, it's well worth finding them if they're there again and uh, and picking up some board game bargains. True. And Pelgrane always do their thing. Uh, is it three for two or four for three? I can't remember what the numbers are. Four for three, uh, I think. Normally. Four for three, yeah, which is you know which is a good deal because you, you can't go wrong with a Pelgrane book. And I know that some people probably don't buy much Pelgrane stuff during the year just to go and get this stuff. Um, and uh, my, one of my fondest memories of Expo is um, is people walking around with those little trolleys that they just have stacked, like little sack barrows, stacked yeah. from ground up to waist height with a bungee cord wrapped around it of books and boxes and stuff. <laughs> so I'm, I'm amused to see that Expo this year are offering some postal services and some you buy it and we'll look after it for you so you don't have to carry it around all day services. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's, that's really cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do people's wallets any good? But I think it's a good idea. No, no, it won't. Yeah, because if you don't have to carry it, oh, I mean, that, that should be a rule. If you can't carry it, you can't have it. <laughs> yeah, if you're paying on plastic as well, you're not paying for it really. So it's like... <laughs> it's the devil's money. They don't ever really want it back. It's like Kickstarter, love. I bought this years ago on Kickstarter. I paid for it ages ago. It's just right yeah, yeah. now. It's only just turned up. <laughs> Coincidentally, three days after I bought it from Expo. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we're, if we're looking for other things to buy, it's probably worth a quick scan over the uh, the awards shortlist. So, oh, uh, have you got that? I, I have. I'll skip over all the board gaming stuff because obviously it's worth mentioning that board games is a large part of UK Games Export because that's probably the most accessible but from a role playing point of view that we're interested in it's really good to see uh, a lot of the people are like glorious guests are, are sort of appearing there as well as some of our favourites oh, so for the best role playing adventure there's okay. uh, three nominees there um, we've got Peterson's Abominations which is uh, a collaboration between Sandy Peterson and good friend of the show Mike Mason well good friend Sandy as well he's been on the show as well Yes. so that's probably worth picking up if you want um, modern day uh, horror scenarios so that that's a good book because it's it's called Cthulhu uh, but it's not worried quite so much about the mythos and more about uh, how you do stuff in the modern day so cool. this is one of these perennial questions that comes up when someone always says to, to Sandy or someone like yeah but you know we've got mobile phones now so that causes a problem and it's like well not not if the demon is spreading through mobile phones it isn't and so that's that's definitely a good one to pick up if you've got modern day ideas and you're trying to work out how does that work with Call of Cthulhu definitely worth a look Good. And then we've mentioned All Rolled Up already, but our good friend Paul Bardowski has got one of his Cthulhu Hack adventures there, Valkyrie 9, which is a sci-fi type one. That looks really nice. Paul puts loads of effort into those things. They look glorious. Really yeah. Pretty, really and his nice Tales thing. of the Wendigo won last year, so it'd be good to see if he can do a, do a double and win again. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're good for Paul. That's got my vote, unless the third one is amazing. So what's that one? Well, it's not one of our guests. So <laughs> Right, so they're on a hide into nothing then. <laughs> they are. But it's the laughter of dragons for the one ring. So that'll okay. be a solid product, I would imagine. Because most of the line's great. So I think that's three good nominations there. I'm quite happy with that. Sometimes it can be a bit variable with these kind of award things. But um, yeah, skipping along to expansions. We've got Adventures in Middle Earth, which I think mm-hmm. I, f- I find that... How's that on an adventure? Yeah, um, <laughs> I was trying to work out to phrase that. It does sound a lot like an Avenger, doesn't it? Seems that's the first word in the title of the book. Yeah, but okay, whatever. I'm not in charge of these things. Um, the Star Trek Adventures, which again has got Avengers in the title. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, whatever. Um, and then 13th Age Glorantha, which uh, good friend of the show, Jonathan Tweets, was heavily involved in, of course. And that's not an adventure. I know that. We've that is definitely that. not an adventure. It has some adventures in it, but it's not. So that's how's the that's like three out of six for our guests so far. I'm quite pleased with that. Yeah, that's not bad. And then finally, best role playing game. Uh, there's the Forbidden Lands or Forbidden Lands by Free League. Yep. Which we've had a bit of a crack at. Um, there's RuneQuest. So I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Chaos in Boy is still going strong, so that's good. It's not just Cthulhu. Uh, and then another good friend of the show, uh, Dave Black's got his second edition of the Black Hack as best role playing game. Wow! Imagine so, that. That, I mean, that's, that's some ter- that's some company to be in, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Forbidden Lands, RuneQuest, and the Black Hack. All I fantasy games, I might point out, all fantasy FRPGs. Yeah, true. Um, I think it's they're still quite diverse, though. They're very different games. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, massively. And if you tie into the books we've mentioned, you've kind of got a bit of science fiction, a bit of modern day, a couple of licenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I think that's quite a good mix. And out of those, you know, nine or so games, half of them are guests of the show that have, have produced yep. them. So, if you want success in next year's role playing awards for Expo, all I can suggest <laughs> to you, dear listeners, is come on our show, and it's, you're more or less guaranteed, or at least it's a fifty-fifty shot. I mean, that's going to be better than nothing. Well, that's kind of what I was hoping for personally. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get you on there, Baz. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. How, how do you vote for these things then? If you if you want to vote for one of these nominees to make sure that your favourite takes home a prize. How does that even work? I would guess, because <laughs> I've not got that far yet, I've not researched it. Um, yeah, so it's probably worth mentioning at this point that there is an app. Mm. So if you want to have a lot of details to hand, just go to the UK Games Expo site, which is www.ukgamesexpo.co.uk, uh, and there's tons of information there, including how to get hold of the app. Um, so probably voting through that I would think um, there may be other ways when you're there probably should have researched that more Buzz. No, that seems legit I, I seem to remember I'm pretty certain that it was a get the app and it does it all for you and, and you're going to need this app as well aren't you because I've I've been looking uh, picking over the PDF of everything that's going on uh, to inform tonight's show and that's 29 pages long so <laughs> I'm not going to want to carry that around with me but yeah stick it on the phone and the good people of Expo will get it all arranged so that looks like the way to go and it's worth looking around actually because um, the official map does have some names on it but a lot of numbers and references yeah. to find your way around um, there are at least two people have done their own and annotated the map so it's got the name of the stall on the little box and things like that Yes. Um, as is the way it seems these days with people who make their own character sheets and whatever else is something's produced officially and then fans go away and do their own version and make it better so definitely have a look around because you can find some good annotated resources out there that some of the unofficial people have done Mm. cool okay so what is good in role playing games mate because I think we've said before it's a at UK Games Expo, it can look like a board game convention if you wander into one hall and think that's all there is to it. Um, because, uh, the, But there is more role-playing than you can shake a D20 at, I believe. Um, <laughs> There's three or four hundred games that are on. Okay, um, all right, let's go through every single one of them in Let's detail. do them in order. Let's do it. <laughs> Ready, brace yourselves. <laughs> so we've already mentioned that these halls and uh, the, you know the NEC and stuff like that. For your role-playing delight, apart from the kids' role-playing, which is in the halls, you'll want yeah. to head over to the Metropole, the Hilton. Right. And that's where not just role-playing, but open gaming goes on as well. So there's normally a board game library and that kind of thing. So if you find yourself with a spare few minutes, you can nip down there, borrow a board game, and have a game. Um, but 
uh, games on demand and roleplay itself are in a set of suites that are in the um, the hotel, and mm. there's all kinds of stuff. Now then, a lot of people book in advance, and you can definitely do that. So if you go to the UK Expo page, you will find a long list over many pages of all the different role-playing games that are on, and quite a lot of them are sold out. Now, you may think, damn it, I've missed out. However... Mm-hmm. It is always worth checking at the desk, and there's more than one of these. I think there's one in the hotel, and there's also at least one in the halls as well. Because what people will sometimes do is overbook, or book the wrong thing, Mm. or not turn up, and hand their tickets back in for cash. So even if you think the favourite thing that you're interested in is sold out already, it's probably worth checking an hour or so before the game, if you're at least end, and seeing if you can snag yourself a ticket. Because some do get handed back in again, and if nothing else... The lovely people that are on those sort of desks and tills and stuff will give you an overview of what's available. So if right. you decide, at, I don't know, three o'clock on Friday, like or just before then, do you know what? I fancy playing a game. I just fancy sitting down for a few hours and playing some playing some games, rolling some dice. If you head to one of the ticket booths, you can chat to the guys there and say what's available at three o'clock, and they will go mm-hmm. through all that for you, and they'll have it live with a computerized screen to say these are your options. Cool. So that's good. Uh, if you head to the Expo webpage, you can go onto the events, role-playing events, and then there's about, well, I think it's about 359 games. Spot roughly on. Roughly speaking. Oh, that was a yeah. good guess. Uh, and you can see what's what's currently definitely available, as well as stuff that's you know full. And it's worth checking, certainly over the next week, because what will happen is people now will decide they're going to Expo and then submit some games that they want to run. Mm-hmm. Yep. So new stuff will appear all the time. So that's your best bet. Certainly if you want to get in games with friends as well, it's good to do it in advance. You can kind of go on and book several tickets at once and make yeah. sure you all get to play together, which is something that doesn't happen necessarily all the time. Yeah. Okay. I'm scrolling through the stuff that's available and just looking at system, and you can you can sort this whole thing by time, by name, by GM, uh, by price, by all that stuff. I, I've yet to see... Uh, a game I don't know. I mean, there, there. As in, what I mean by that is, it's got everything, and it's got some stuff I've never heard of before. Next to Call of Cthulhu is Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's Burning Wheel next to Blades in the Dark, next to Barbarians of Lemuria. So you know, there's three very different experiences for you, just in the B category. Um, goodness knows um, what it'd be like when I get to the D's. <laughs> yeah, well, the stuff that. You kind of see and you think, oh, did people still play that? And apparently they, they do. They so, really um, do. Scion, the um, White Wolf game oh, we played, Demi wow. there's some yeah. of that running. Um, as well as new things like, you know, Tales from the Leap and Star Wars and Dungeon Crawl Classics. Yeah. Um, Shadows of Esther still going. Uh, there's all kinds of things like all the Cthulhu variants that are there. Uh, and I think you'll find that as well if you have a look down. There's different versions of the same game that we'll be running as well, several different versions of it so you can even pick your poison amongst I like Cthulhu but not necessarily 7th, I want 6th there's yeah. probably a game in there somewhere that you can find. Yeah, absolutely uh, you pick your edition of choice to go with it, can't you? So, I mean, just as an example I can see there's Unknown Armies 3rd edition in there um, there's things from the Flood which is brand spanking new we've got Torchbearer so you can see I've got to the T's now, can't you? there's more there than I could possibly look for Um, but like you say mate quite a few are showing us full by the time you listen to this that'll be true but you know you can filter your list to see what's available and the very first thing that you see if you do that uh, will be our very own friend Guy Milner running 13th Age Glorantha there is unbelievably there is one ticket available for that so you know get that ticket because that (laughs) will be a good game you can play the Beard of Lancormai run by Guy Milner in 13th Age Glorantha, you will not regret it. That will be my pick and my recommendation for you. Yeah, well, I mean, if you scan down the names as well, I hesitate to pick any out because then you sort of, you make it sound like the ones you haven't mentioned aren't worthy, and I'm sure all the, the, the mm. GMs are, are worth the stab for sure. Uh, but there's there's definitely some people in there that uh, I've seen who play it wildly different sort of games. So a good friend of the show, Bruce, one of our patrons, uh, he's running lots of his DCC stuff, and he's got uh, Brendan LaSalle over from America, who's a huge name in Dungeon Crawl Classics, and he's running a, a whole fistful of games. So he's worth uh, certainly checking out. We've already mentioned Lloyd Gian and his team are doing lots of the games on demand, so there's yep. all kinds of things available there. Um, but then there's you know there's some of the more independent games and things like that that are running, so it's 
it's worth looking at like Siren and stuff like that I mean mm. some of these games you, you rarely see actually or I don't anyway so it's good with a show this size is you get a good variety you know you get all yeah. sorts yeah there just aren't enough hours in the con <laughs> to play everything you want to play that, and that's a good problem to have I guess yeah definitely uh, what else is there I mean it's just we're in danger of spending an hour just scrolling through this list and talking about stuff. I mean, there, yeah. there are a few things on there I have not seen before. I don't know what XPD8 is, but nope. uh, I am intrigued. Nope. So, yeah, um, on that one. Yeah, I don't... Oh, there's a Discworld RPG game running. There's the old D6 Star Wars. Nice. <laughs> there's, you know... Yeah. Leoness... Oh, it's a Mithras game. Okay, cool. Right. Well, rather than listen to us two babble on about what's on that page, off you go, dear listeners. Go and look for yourselves. There's a whole host of different games on there. And, of course, it's probably not too late, if you wish, to run a game for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, I think, um, despite everything I've said, in my gaming satchel, I will probably put something slim uh, on the mm. off chance that there might be like half a dozen of us with nothing to do for an hour. Um, and the, the open gaming section of expo is is good i mean they they put on thousands literally thousands of spaces for people to sit down at a table and play whatever they want to do get their cards out play a board game from the board game library or play an rpg and um and thankfully we live in the golden age of gaming now where games can be designed on a pamphlet and you can play something for an hour or two hours without having to sit down and 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 uh, and get involved in something big and heavy so um i think it's always worth having something in your satchel always worth yeah. uh, grabbing a table uh, and seeing what you can scare up because <laughs> if I could give my single piece of advice, I think we do this every year, like what advice would you give someone to Expo? I would say wear comfortable shoes <laughs> <laughs> if you're not sitting down for one of these games you're on your feet quite a lot so find an excuse to sit at a table and take the weight off for a minute or two because yeah, it will kill the old legs otherwise so I'm going I'm to put a game in my bag guys. what, what are you going to do for, for RPG loving this time round? Yeah, stay hydrated, everyone. That's, that's my, yeah. my advice as well. Um, a variety of things. I mean, some people have mentioned to me that they want to play Warhammer, but I've run a lot of that recently, so mm. I feel like I should bring a, a copy of it with me, uh, a short adventure, but equally, uh, I'm a bit sort of fatigued from like, running Warhammer all the yeah. time, uh, and it is intensive on the numbers, so I might bring something a bit lighter. I've not done much with Savage Worlds, recently uh, and we are going to pretty soon go through the, the new Adventures edition with our bit of our take on what the new edition looks like so it's probably worth me packing uh, a one sheeter or two in there with mm -hmm. some Savage World goodness that we can we can play quite quickly and easily um, I've not played a lot of Savage Worlds in a long time now actually I think I was waiting for the new edition to come out and then it sort of did and then it kept getting updated and I'm not going around to actually getting back into it properly so <laughs> this seems like a good opportunity to get my Savage on again for the first time in a while. I think that's a really strong shout, actually. Yeah, because a, a copy of the Explorers Edition takes up no room at all, does it? And you can pop that in your bag or have it on your phone if you want. You've, you've got exactly. it all in your head anyway, mate. But um, it made me chuckle. They've got a really nice little sort of service set up called Nerd Essentials at Expo, which is like a, a kind of service station for gamers. Where you can go <laughs> and buy like some card sleeves if you've forgotten them, or like a couple of D20 or a dry erase mat or just the stuff you need. So um, Savage Worlds, I always forget to bring a pack of cards whenever I'm doing that, but I would... <laughs> and sometimes it's incredibly difficult to buy something like a packet of cards at a gaming convention, but Nerd Essentials yeah. will have it. And uh, I reckon you could, yeah, you, you could just get all the stuff while you're there. Just spark up a game. That'd be amazing, mate. Let's play some Savage Worlds. We've not done that forever. Yeah, we can definitely do that. I think... One of the stations that they've tended to have as well, which I find quite amusing, it's just got like a can of deodorant and a comb and some gel and some <laughs> tissues. And these have these little service stations where you can go and spruce up part way through the day. But um, yeah, another one for if you're a first time gamer, uh, do remember to shower daily and you know get enough sleep and stuff like that. I know I sound like your mum now, but there are one or two gamers that go about who don't think it's necessary to wash for the whole time they're there. And I would suggest that. Sam of the Soap Bar is your friend. So so be nice to your fellow gamers and uh, try and make sure you keep yourself maintained while you're there. I know it's awfully good fun and you can play 24 hours if you want, but let's try and think of other people while we're at it. Yeah, yeah, good times, mate. So apart from that as well, of course, there's all the things like, um, you know, all the card game events, 
all the miniatures events, all that kind of stuff. So that there's all kinds of tournaments and things you can enter as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big bring and buy presence, presence even. So if you've got stuff you want to get shut off, then that's that's a thing. I think we mentioned this last time though. Uh, it can get busy. So even putting your stuff up for sale really can, can yeah. take a long time to key for, and then to peruse can take a long time to get in. So don't think you'll just do that in between doing other things. That's a, an event you have to plan in and of itself, I think, to get in there and and either sell or to buy. So just bear that in mind if it's something you're thinking of doing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are some bargains to be had at Bring and Buy as well, though. It is a bit of a bun fight. There's no two ways about it. And it's nothing to do with the organisation. That's just the way it is. It's just loads of gamers who want to get some good stuff. And there is lots of good stuff to be had at a really good price. And I, I believe, uh, now I may be speaking out of turn here, but I believe a cut goes to charity. And I think yes. the UK Games Expo raises yeah. a great deal of money through various ways, but the Bring and Buy is a big part of that. Yeah, it's, it's not to be sniffed at at all that they they put this show on and it's 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 not to make anybody millionaires, is it? It's the guys who run the show are definitely doing it because they love the hobby and they mm -hmm. want to provide as much fun as they can for as many people as they can. So that's all very laudable and certainly deserve a high five from everyone for that. I did try and grab a couple of the guys last time we were there for a bit of an interview, but understandably they were somewhat busy, so <laughs> it was difficult to get them on the microphone, but uh, I'm sure you can let them all know as you see people, either the ambassadors in their light blue uh, tops or the organisers or any of the other stewards, mm. uh, it's often worth just saying thanks to people as you go past, because a lot of people are volunteers or just doing it for the sake of a bit of accommodation or a free ticket so they can actually be there at all, so... Do be nice to people who are officiating there. They are doing it quite often on a volunteer basis. Uh, and it's always great to give people a bit of positive feedback to get them through the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, pace yourselves, people. Stay hydrated. Wear comfortable shoes. Be nice. And uh, just get stuck in. It only comes around once a year. And it's only <laughs> there for a couple of days when it is. Go mad. Dive in. Play some games. <laughs> yeah and you, you can find lots of demo games actually in the halls as well like i don't know whether we've really said that but uh certainly things people like mantic games uh were doing their um walking dead demos mm -hmm. uh and had fun times playing that and it's a bit of a squash sometimes you are packed in but there's all mm -hmm. kinds of things going on that are ad hoc so don't don't be shy of sort of like speaking to people in the stalls as well and asking about their stuff and if you can have a go at it or if they've got any free stuff or that kind of thing. It's um, it's a great convention for for speaking to people and just doing a bit of, you know, asking around, and, and you can get probably get your geek on ask questions you might not ask normally in a shop or another public place. You're in a safe mm. space, everyone. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, mate. But back when we were bands and we were going to conventions, we never really got involved with some of the big organised stuff like your D and D tournaments or your Cthulhu Masters, all of which still exist. Um, and we kind of like a. We'd kind of went a bit fringe, didn't we? And just wandered around stores and talked to people who said, like, uh, I'll tell you what, do you want to have a go at this? And uh, I, I think we filled conventions before and never not gamed, but purely off of demos that people are doing at their tables. And yeah. we've had some of the best games through that. Or just an agreement to meet up later that night where, you know, the person who's written the game is, like, you know, desperate to show it and he's going to round you up and uh, and just take you through some stuff. So, you know, that that costs nothing. Um, yeah. You know, the, I think it's probably fair to say that all the ticketed events, it's only a couple of quid, it's not going to break the bank for goodness sake, but there is an awful lot of gaming that can be done for the budget conscious. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you'll need to save the money for the food trucks. <laughs> I was just queer around to that. If, <laughs> if there's one play we, we have to make and we make it every year, it's, can we have the beer bus back, please? Oh, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it was a pain in the ass. We had to keep refilling it up because we drank it dry all the time. But we really still like that. And for other gamers who wanted to come and meet the smart party, they always knew that we'd be at the beer bus so they could find us. Yeah. It, was, it might as well have been branded ours, to be fair. But um, yeah, it's a shame <laughs> that feature's not there. But it is probably worth mentioning refreshments and such, so that, you know, there is that thing outside the Hilton in the car park. They have a little street food vendor stall thing going on, I would say. Yep. Uh, yeah, Becky's Bargies are back. <laughs> all good yeah yeah that's all really good food as well and uh, fairly quick and easy as long as you avoid the key times so if it's in between the gaming slots and stuff just be aware there'll be lines but if you're a bit peckish and uh, you, you're not actually in a game at the time it's often worth just nipping back and seeing if there's a a quick a quicker line than there would be otherwise uh, and there's normally like a real L stand somewhere and some other things mm -hmm. and one of the back bars will have cheap lager on rather than the 
the more pricey front-end hotel bar. So it's worth having a bit of a dart around at other service stations that, that there are in the hotel and elsewhere because you can get some decently priced food and drinks, to be honest. Cool. Okay, so uh, hopefully, mate, we've whetted everybody's appetite for all things gaming, eating, drinking, conversing. <laughs> I'm exhausted now. We're not even set out for this thing yet. Uh, <laughs> but loads to look forward to, more than anybody can do. So you just got to deal with your fear of missing out at these things because get on social media afterwards and it would be full of people saying, oh, I didn't even see that. And um, there's there's almost too much to see, but what a nice problem to have. Uh, immerse yourself in the Disney world that is UK Games Expo. From the 31st of May to June the 2nd, in Birmingham, in the NEC. Um, and please, please, please come and see us. We would yes. love to have you at the seminar or just in passing. Come and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. And we really love, would love to see people at the seminar particularly. Um, not that we're paranoid or anything, but you do worry of these things that no one will turn up. I mean, that's fine. Me and Basil just chat amongst ourselves. But yeah. it would be nice for the organisers if we could get a few people in the room uh, and of course, as, as we've said before, we do have good advice. You can ask your own question, so it's well worth attending. It's only forty minutes out of your life, but if you can't make that, we are around. We're roving reporting. So, if there's people you think we should be speaking to, if you're there at the event and you find a tucked away little independent role playing publisher or someone like that who you think deserves a bit of a spotlight, come and find us. And if we get a chance, we might go and thrust a microphone in the face and get them a bit more exposure on our glorious podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll be all mobiled up, so uh, so drop at us on Twitter, at the event. Let us know where you are, let us know what you've seen, and tell us what to do on the day. So certainly on the Saturday, I've got a kind of a uh, minister without portfolio for the smart party. So um, I will be at your behest, people. If you've got cool stuff that you think that we need to see, people that we need to talk to, stuff that we need to promote, um, grab us on Twitter, send us in the right direction, and we'll go and say hi and say that you sent us. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, of course, our good friends from All Rolled Up are there, so definitely go and see Paul and Phil. Uh, they've got all kinds of new goodies they've got lined up, so it's well worth a chat with them. Always lovely people to see. Uh, and plenty of other uh, guests and, and future guests are about the place. So, again, as you're chatting, if you've got someone you think would make a great star of the show for us, because we've you know we've been through quite a lot of guests in the last year or two, but there's always room for one or two more in the bath. Stop us getting bored. Uh, yeah. I think we can squeeze a couple in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we don't want to um, overdo it, but you know. Yeah, yeah we'll take applications. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I think we're about there then, Baz. I'm pretty excited about it now. Yeah, me too. Uh, I feel like I want to go and get my Savage Worlds rule book out at least. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to pack my special gaming bag full of stuff ready. Yes, exactly. I'm going to slip, slip in a fresh D20... Uh, some post-it notes and some dry erase pens oh, stationery in bags now we're talking <laughs> and with that as Buzz is getting overexcited I think we should leave you all dear listeners so hopefully we will see you at UK Games Expo specifically the seminar I'm going to keep bugging people about that until people show up but, <laughs> but if not in the bar or around a gaming table or somewhere else soon uh, and if not there if you can't make it as always, feel free to drop us a line on the Twitters, on Facebook, via email, whatever you need to do, because uh, we always love hearing from you. So thanks to you, all our dear listeners, all our patrons, and everyone else out there in Gamerland. Thanks, everyone. See you at Expo.